That keeps you from getting old too, doesn't it? <laughs> Amen. You know, we can we read the scriptures on heaven, we read what he gives us there, and you know, he, he gives us uh, twice as much description on hell as he does heaven, and I think he wants us to be warned of that and, and uh, to uh, come to him and trust him as our Savior, but I also think that it's hard to comprehend the goodness and truly how blessed it will be in heaven. I, I can see it now in never growing old. Mike Mason, I can see him running everywhere, you know? always running anyway, and then he's going to be running all over heaven. You're going to be doing God's work, and there goes Mike running by you as he's out running and, and enjoying that. And Troy, there won't be any more pain. Won't that be a blessing to, to know and, and uh, not fighting all the pain that we have and all the creaks and the cracks when you get up in the morning? And, and, uh, uh, it's, uh, and, and to think about the different fruit on the tree every month and and uh how, how that fruit continues to change and and how how all the different kinds of fruit that we'll be able to enjoy and i i just uh, don't think that we truly comprehend everything that that uh, heaven is going to be like and think about the river and and how pure and beautiful the water will be as we can uh, see the water the river and and uh, sit on the banks and and especially to know that it's God's glory that gives us the light of heaven and our Savior will be there and we'll be able to walk with him and, and uh, truly it is going to be a blessing and uh, our loved ones will be there that have trusted Christ and know how important it is that, that we tell others about Jesus and, and tell them that uh, how much God loves them and, and uh, be focused on on those around and and uh, truly looking to uh, turn to God. You know, I was reminded of that again this week as we had that uh, funeral for Matt and and uh, a friend and watched Matt grow up actually and and even as I grew up too and, and watched Matt and his family and and knowing Todd and Jolene and and just dealing with that and then uh, two days ago I heard of a family that we had met a number of years ago in Nebraska and their 25-year-old son uh, passed away a couple of days ago in a car accident. And it just continues to remind me, God does, and reminds us all the, the importance that uh, we just don't live our lives so self-focused and so self-centered that we forget that that isn't what it's about. Our lives are here to glorify God and one of the ways that we're to glorify God is being focused on others, on others, and, and how God needs to use us, and, 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 and He wants to use us. He doesn't need us, but He wants to, and, and it is a wonderful privilege to be used by Him. And, and so I'm going to focus on that again today, some, on, on, on uh, being focused on others and how to have the right kind of a mindset in, in focusing on that, because we know as, as people and dealing with that old wonderful sin nature that, that uh, we were born with and, and fighting that every day that, you know, we wake up in the mornings and, and we really want to focus on us, you know, and, 
And uh, my wife knows, we all have our routines, my wife knows, just leave me alone. Don't, don't talk until about 10 o'clock and we're all happy. And so had about a half a pot, three quarters of a pot of coffee, and, and now I can realize that I am still alive and, and uh, there isn't a place called purgatory. This is, you know, this is uh, real life and, I, and I'm starting to function. And, and, but, you, you know, the, we wake up in the morning. I don't know if everybody else does this, but I'm one of those characters that, you know, sometimes you wake up and you're just grouchy. I don't know why. I mean, I don't know if I had a bad dream and it ticked me off in the middle of the night or, you know, or, or what it is. And, and I need to start thinking happy thoughts when I go to sleep at night or something, you know. And, but, but you wake up and then it seems like all day long then you're fighting these, this attitude and you're fighting these things. And, and then you hear of these issues that, that people are going through and, and the car wrecks and the funerals and, you know, and the sickness and the cancer and the heart attacks and the you know, you, you get phone calls of different uh, places of stress in people's lives, and, and then it makes you realize that, you know, you need to wake up, Shannon, you need to wake up in the morning, and, and you need to look to the Lord, and you need to pray first and foremost before you even get out of bed. Lord, fill me with your Spirit today, and, and, and help me, Lord, to allow the, the working of the Holy Spirit in, in my life today, and, and as I put my feet on the ground, and as I get up and I start my day, I want to be walking in the power of the Holy Spirit and, and being used for your glory, because it really isn't about me, it's about what I can do for you to glorify you and focus on others. And whenever we start looking that way and, and understanding that, then then we can start working on having the kind of a mindset that, that God wants us to have for others. And so we know that it's not easy. We know it's a battle. Proverbs 24 and verse 10 says, If thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. It tells us that we need to do fight and, and do battle and, and fight against our, our flesh and our desires and and we need to be focused on glorifying God and, and looking to Him and, and living for Him and, and, and truly focusing on others. And so I wanted to give us a, some things today, some traits of an other's mindset and, and how we can nourish that, how, how we can uh, continue to promote that in our own lives and in those around us. And, you know, it all comes down to, first and foremost, if if we're to have a mindset for others, then first of all, we need to recognize and understand that Christ owns us. All through the Scripture, we see that, that there were those that God used mightily because they understood that they were a servant of God. They understood that, the, as Paul said many times over and over, that he was a bond slave of Jesus Christ. And, and how we need to realize that, that he's the one that owns us and that we need to, to look to him first and foremost for what it is that our master wants from us. It, it, it actually has, it, it isn't about us at all. It's about God and, and it's about what he wants us to do today. And, and we need to look to him and allow him to plan our day and plan our, our direction and what we do. Look over in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, if you would. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and look at verses 19 and 20. Here he gives us some principles on this and, and shows us as individuals that we need to understand and recognize Christ's ownership in our lives. And 
And here Paul writes to the Corinthians, and, and he asks a question, and, and not really expecting an answer. It's more rhetorical in what he's doing, but he says, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? Here he is. He's talking to a very carnal group of believers that were in the church at Corinth at that time. And, and, and he uses this uh, interrogative what as, as emphasis and, and trying to get their attention. And, and, he, and in this, know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you? Yes, you know that. And, and you need to realize that. And, and every day you need to wake up and realize that, that this body is the temple this is the place, this is the dwelling place, this is where the Holy Spirit of God resides today in this world, is in the body of every believer. Now, don't ask me how to, how to explain all of that. God is, is, is uh, 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 infinite in His wisdom and in His abilities, but that Holy Spirit, that is the third person of the Trinity, who is God Himself, God has shown us, and Jesus made the promise that He said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. And, and I want you to know that, that even as, I, as He was telling His disciples, even as I am walking here with you, when I leave, I'm not going to leave you comfortless, but I'm going to give you a comforter who is going to come, and He's going to indwell in you, and He's going to live in the life of every believer. And that's God. And here Paul is reminding the Corinthians that whenever you call upon Jesus Christ to be your Savior and seeking Him for forgiveness and, and seeking Him to, to uh, uh, come into your life and cleanse your heart and, and, and to show you the restoration and the reconciliation that, that can be made between you and God, who God Almighty, who's perfect in all ways, and Jesus uh, builds that bridge and, and allows us then to come into the very presence of God by the forgiveness of sins that come only through Jesus. And, and, and he then gives us this Holy Spirit of God as a believer, as a seal, and as a promise of our salvation. And, and so we have, have this, and, and now he's telling us that now you have a responsibility as a believer in understanding that this body is the temple of God. We're not God. We're not going to be a God we're not going to be a little God. We're not going to be a created uh, 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 God that, that some of the cults might teach. But we have God himself indwelling in the life of every believer today. And so we have a responsibility. We have a responsibility. He tells us that this body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have of God, and you're not your own. Now that... that flies in front of the face of all of society today. All of society today would say, hey, it's all about you. It's all about your comfort. It's all about what, what you want to, the society perceive who you are and, and, and you're marketing yourself and, and it's all about you being happy and, and, and it's all about you and your self-love for yourself. Do you realize that self-love is humanistic? Do you understand that? That that now I'm not telling I'm not telling you that 
that you walk around with with no self-esteem, okay? You are very important to God. You're important enough to God that He gave His only begotten Son, and and He gave Him up to die on that cross, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. You are vitally important to God, and He loves you, and He has shown you that He loves you by giving you the one thing that nothing in this world can ever give, and that's eternal life, and it's through Jesus, okay? So I'm not telling you to walk around all dejected and thinking that you're worthless. That's not at all what I'm telling you about. But I'm telling you about a devilish idea that you need to love on yourself and pamper yourself because when you do that, you are creating a monster in your flesh. And your flesh is going to take over and then pretty soon you're going to be so self-conceited and, and, and so self-righteous in yourself that you're going to think that there is nothing out there that, that, that is important except for you and your comfort and your self-love. And I, I don't know how to say this without being honorary, but just get over yourself. Because that's not at all what it's about. It's about you glorifying God because when you trust Christ as your Savior, you are no longer your own, you are God's. And we need to behave in a way that is representative of God and understanding that this body is a temple of God. There are those that want to treat this body as their temple. It's not your temple, it's God's. And so we use it for God's purpose and God's glory. And so we need to, and then he tells us what is paid for with, for ye are bought with a price. You know, that price was the very blood of his son upon that cross. So we can have eternal life, and so then that we can go out and tell others about Jesus Christ and what he's done and, and understanding that we're not our own and, and we've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. Bring praise to God in your body. Bring honor to God in your body. Magnify God in your body and in your spirit, in that God consciousness of of who you are. And you want to find your identity in this world and, and you want to really truly find out who you are, then find your identity in Jesus Christ and as a believer and what you ought to be doing as a believer in, in this world today. God defines it out for every one of us, and and, and he shows us that 90% of this, we all ought to be doing the same thing. It's just that one 10% that makes us different in in our calling and and how we go about doing the things that we do. But, But we see that we all need to be glorifying God in our body and in our spirit, which are God's. Everything that we have, everything that we are in identity, it ought to be identified in Jesus Christ. That's it. That's it. Our identity is in Him. And when we start realizing the ownership of, of who we are, we are a bond slave to Jesus, then, then it helps us to realize that when we wake up in the morning, no, it's not about me, and no, it's not about you, but it truly is, God, I want to glorify you today, and, and, in, and I'm realizing that as I glorify you, that means that I need to be reaching out to others. And helping others. God wants us to be his hand. God wants us to be his feet that walk and share the gospel. And God wants us to be the one that 
picks up the one that's burdened and, and help the believer that needs to be encouraged or, or pray for the one that's dealing in sickness or, or, or dealing with the loss of someone or, or, or whatever the issue, we named them already and, and I had all you guys fill those things out of, of different things that happened in your life, the worst things that's ever happened in your life and, and you realize that as I read, read through those and realize that, look, there is nobody here that's alone in the things that you've gone through. You know, I was thinking of Amber this week who lost her husband. 20 years they've been married. 40 years old, Matt goes into eternity. And I thought of how many people had signed that paper. The worst thing that had ever happened to them was the loss of, of a child. And we had 20 that wrote that down that said that was the worst thing in their life. But, you know, I also got to thinking, I was thinking, well, what, what about Amber? Been married 20 years, husband was 40, and I remembered we have a lady sitting in here today that knows exactly what she's going through. And understanding that, you know, not only as a parent losing a child, but then what about a spouse that a young spouse like that raising their children? And and I and I just thought, you know, it's everywhere. People have gone through the same thing everywhere. And how we need to be and I don't know how to go about doing this, okay? But you just got to be brave enough to stand up and say, hey, this is what went on in my life. And if there's somebody else here that is dealing with that kind of an issue, I want you to know that I'm here to help. And I'll do whatever. You know, you can stand, you can see someone and say, hey, I battled addiction. And, and I'm still battling addiction. But today, God has given me victory. And if you're battling some kind of addiction, I want you to know that I'll be here to help hold you accountable. And I'll pray for you. And I'll show you the scriptures that's helped me along the way. And I want you to know that, that God can give you the power to have victory over that. You know, I, I mean, the wickedness that's in this world. I just heard, I just heard today that, that there was a young lady, and I believe, I don't know if it happened in Fort Morgan, but she's from Fort Morgan, was was beaten, raped, left for dead. Just happened this week in our area. And, and I think of the evil, and, and you know, there were people that, that said that they had been raped, that they had been physically abused, sexually abused in our church family. And I know that those things are awful things that, that you want to drudge up in your memory, but I'm telling you that God... In, in all the evil and all the wickedness that's out there, God is there to help you and to give you a balm and, and to help you heal from that. And one of the ways that you heal from that is you take those things that have happened to you and you help somebody else with it. And you help them to get through those things and, and you start focusing on others rather than yourself. And, and, and you find out that, you know, the best medication for that is helping somebody else. And oh, how we need to reach out and, and see others and realize that, hey, it's all about God and it's all about what it is that He wants for us and, and, and truly focusing on, on who He is. And Galatians 2.20, I used this even on Tuesday in, that, in, the, in the service, but it says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. 
Oh, how we need to realize that we need to die to ourselves and and we need to find our identity in, in who Christ wants us to be and how He wants us to, to glorify Him and, and how He wants to take the, the experiences that have gone on in our lives, whether they be good experiences or whether they, 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 they be bad experiences, whatever they may be, but God wants us to take those and, and use them for His honor and His glory and help someone else along the way. Make a difference in somebody's life today. Make a difference in somebody's life for eternity. Make a difference so that whenever God does take you home and and you're out of here from this earth, that that people can see that, hey, there was somebody that truly cared about something other than themselves. This whole world is so stinking selfish and and our, and our, our politicians are just a representation of what our country is today. Selfish, self centered. Uh, uh, narcissistic and and all the other things that are above and and if we would just start focusing on others instead of ourselves you can find out that God wants to do something miraculous in your life and use you to help somebody else make a difference make a difference in someone else's life today and as Paul said later in 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 31 whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God, whatever it may be. As individuals, we need to have a mindset of helping others. You might be asking the question, I don't know how to do that. Well, ask God. Ask God to, to use you, and you'll find out. All of a sudden, you're going to be in a situation, and you're going to be thinking, oh, wow, I can be used. And you know what? Sometimes... You get back in your car or you get home and you think, I just missed it. That was my opportunity. Oh, how we need to be walking in the Spirit, paying attention to the the times that, that God gives us and those opportunities. So as an individual, we need to be looking to honor and glorify God. Turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Here, in knowing the ownership of, of Christ in our lives, well, as an individual, we need to recognize the ownership of Christ in our lives. Well, as a church body, we also need to do that too. And, and uh, you stay there, and, and I'm going to read a, a couple of other verses real quick. In Acts 20, verse 28, Paul is writing to those that were pastors, and, and he said, Take heed thereto and therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock, over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. Then in Ephesians 5, 25 and 26, and, and uh, there it tells us, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Jesus Christ gave himself for the church, and, and we are the church, and it's the people. It's not the building. It's the, the people, but we know that the church is represented by those people that come together, and we worship together in, in, a, in a location together, and here he is. He's using us, and, and he's use, you, you realize that, that God wants to use everybody that is sitting here to go back out into this community and, and go back out into your home place, wherever it may be, or, or maybe even in some other country somewhere. But 
God wants to take you and he wants to use this body of believers as his hand, as his, as his feet, and, and to, to go out and share the gospel and, and to help other believers and encourage them and, and show them that, that God is worthy of worship and God is worthy of praise and honor and glory and, and how he wants to take and use us as broken vessels to do exactly that. And as a body then of believers, then we need to be representing Jesus Christ in what we do, everything that we do. And, and, and as a body, we need to be doing that because it has been purchased by the very precious blood of Jesus Christ. And here in chapter 6, he tells us in verse 14, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. He is talking to a body of believers here. Not talking to an individual, talking to an entire body of believers, a church body that he's talking about. We're not to be unequally yoked with the believers. Look, an unbelieving mind has no idea what God wants. Do you realize that? It tells us that an unsaved mind is blind and cannot understand the things of God. And so we as a church then, when we start looking at this then and understanding more about this, then then we don't need to be hooking our wagon to associations that are that are a group of unsaved, uh, unsaved people. We don't need that. We're a, we're a body of believers. This is why, that's one of the reasons why we're independent. We, we're just accountable to God and to one another, and that's it. But he goes on, and, and he tells us, he says, For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial, or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? You would probably feel really uncomfortable if, I, I, I don't even know who, who to use as an example, if, if I had a special guest come up here and speak by the name of Ozzy Osbourne. You would probably be really shocked that the Pastor Monday would and Platte Valley Baptist Church would have Ozzy Osbourne get up here and give a motivational speech. And so, why? Why? Because there's nothing spiritual about that. Now, I pray for Ozzy Osbourne. hope Ozzy trusts Christ as a Savior. Maybe he has, and I have no idea. But I remember growing up, he bit heads off of chickens, you know? And, and, and the guy was a lunatic, you know? And, and, but you, you would feel really uncomfortable with that. You, you don't, we don't, that's not what we do in a church. Well, some churches do anymore. I find it sad. And, and so, you know, our, our churches have lost focus of, of what this is about. Why do we come together? Do we come together to, to, to just joke and to laugh? Do we come together to, to make business associates so that we can make money along the side? Do we, do we come to, to be patted on the back and feel good about ourselves? Do, do we come so that we can watch the, the, the light show and the, the rock and roll show? Do we, do we come because the, the pastor is hip and relevant to the, all society and you're so proud of him as he wears his underarm stretch shirt and, and works out every day and looks like, you know, that's not me, okay? Uh, but, you know, you're just so proud of the, that idea and, and, and all, you know, I mean, get over it. that. That's not at all what our body of believers is about. And here he's telling us, look, we don't need to represent the world in any way. We have enough of that that we deal with in our own lives, and, and we want to be able to come in here and shed that. We want to get rid of that. 
We don't want that to be part of us, and, and, and we want to be able to walk out of here and feel like, wow, I have lightened the load. You know, this is, this is uh, you know, it's, it, it, it might be time you get rid of your mattress, you know? I, I was in the furniture store, and Josh was telling me this the other day. He said over so many years, your mattress gained so many pounds from all your skin. That really grossed me out. Man. I'm ready to go home, get the torch. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes you just need to get rid of that junk, you know. Well, that's what you ought to be able to come into church for. You ought to be able to come in and shed that junk and, and, and lay it at the altar, and, and you walk away from it, and you walk out of here, and you're 20 pounds lighter because of the burdens that's been on your shoulders. 100 pounds lighter, 500 pounds lighter. Whatever it is that's dragging you down to the point where, where you can give it to God. And we, we just have nothing to do with the world. And for those running for president, butt out of our business. This is the church and this is God's church. The government can just go do what they need to do but stay out of our business. That's a public announcement. <clears throat> and what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. We don't have any place to worship idols. We have no place here to worship those things that have been crafted by men. We have no place here to, to, to worship something that's dead or inanimate because we worship a living God. We worship a Savior who's alive and well today, who's making intercession for every believer that, that is standing there and, and, and he's sitting there next to God the Father and he said, hey, he's one of ours and, and he's one of ours. And, and then that day comes whenever we go and, 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 and our life is done and, and we're transported into heaven and, and it's there that Jesus Christ is standing between us and God and said, he is one of ours because he's been bought with the very blood of Christ and and how we need to be as a body of believers here today representing the goodness and the holiness of God in all that we do. And we recognize Christ's ownership. This isn't, look, I, I want to help people. I, I want to I, I help those that are, that are in need in this, in this world and in this country. But you, you do realize that, that when Christ was there, that, that those people that he came in contact with, he healed them, Right? What about those that he never came in contact with? They still died in their, in their illnesses, right? There were those that weren't healed. There were those that didn't get to see him in that three and a half years that he was walking here on earth. And they still had to deal with the disease. And, and they watched these people die. And, and I say all these things because you need to realize that, that we can go out and, and we can help the, you know, we can give the homeless guy something to eat. And we can, we can, we can uh, uh, you know, help the guy that, that uh, needs their light bill paid. And, and you can go pay their electric bill. But what? Okay, so you helped them exist for another day, right? That's all you do. But when you give them Christ and you show them that they need Jesus Christ as their Savior and they call upon Jesus to be their Savior, you know, it tells us, David said, I've never seen a man of God or a servant of God begging for bread. God does promise us in Matthew 6, I will provide your need. I will give you what it is that you need. It may be rough along the way, but God will always take care of you. I remember my grandfather talking about living through the Depression. 
He made a living in the Depression by going out and killing rabbits and taking them and selling them to the grocery store. I remember that. And I remember how it was important to him that if you've got it on your plate, you better eat it. He also taught me, too, if you go hunting and he gives you three shells, you come home either with three dead animals or you come home with all three shells. You don't come home with something empty. That doesn't work. And, but it just shows us that, that how, how, how we, we, we need to, to be focused on the things and being the steward of, of what God wants us to be. And, and we need to understand that, that our church body, our body has been purchased with the very blood of Christ. And so we helps us to have the kind of mindset that focuses on others. Are we ready to do that? I pray that we are. I pray that as individuals that we wake up in the morning and our whole mindset has changed. Yes, you still might have to have your coffee, but you're still praying along the way. And if you get a call before you have that, you can still be focused on helping that other person. We also, secondly, and this is quick and we'll be done, we need to accept, embrace, responsibility, and ownership. It's us that God wants to use. You might, you might be humble and say, God, I, 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 don't, I don't have anything to offer. I, I'm, I'm just who I am, and, and I, don't, I don't really have any great abilities. And, and God made you exactly the way that you are. And he has a purpose for you. Whatever it may be, then that's where you need to seek God out and find that's where you find your identity. Don't compare yourself to other people. Don't, don't look at things and say, man, I'd really like to do that because it would do this or this, and that's not at all what it's about. But you need to take ownership of who you are as a child of God and, and realize that God has allowed you to have the experiences in your life because he wants to use that to reach someone else. You know, we, we have this idea that, that when we trust Christ as our Savior, that all is going to be good in our lives. And, and, and I've had people come to me and say, you know, Pastor, I trusted Christ as my Savior. I thought things were going to get easy, and they've gotten worse. Yeah, welcome to the fight. That tells you that Satan is not happy with the decisions that you've made. And, and, and God allows those things in our lives to make us realize there is nothing here that we ought to fall in love with. Nothing other than people. Our Savior and people. All the funerals that I've done over the past years, I've never yet seen one when they're on their deathbed worried about their possessions. They're only concerned about those people that were around them. Now, spiritually, they might not have been concerned. They should have been. But that's all that mattered to them, saved or unsaved. It was the people around them. Oh, how we ought to realize as we see those evil things that have taken place in our lives, God has shown you you're strong enough to get through this because I will give you the strength. And I will take that and use that hurt that's in your life to make a difference in somebody else's life. And don't fall in love with this awful, wicked world because we're just a sojourner here. We're just passing through. 
And there's something far better. And we look forward to that. And so we live with eternity in mind. And so we're courageous in, in standing for who God is and what it is that He wants us to do. Remember when Joshua took over for Moses and, and the, uh, the, what a powerful passage. Here, here was probably the, the greatest leader of, of the Israel nation and uh, he and, and Abraham and, and here he is, he's died and, and now Joshua takes over and, and God tells him in Joshua 1 verse 6, Be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left. And, and he goes on and all throughout the book of Joshua he, kept, he continued to tell Joshua be strong and be courageous. And there at the very end of Joshua's life and and he stands up in, in front of the millions of, the, uh, of all the Israelites, and he stands there giving them a, a speech, and he says, oh, you may follow your other gods, or you may choose to do this, but I want you to know, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And he dies with that testimony of one who was brave and courageous and stood for what's right and, and what, who God is. And, and God wants you to do that in your own life too and be strong and be courageous and take ownership and responsibility of, of these things. Yes, those things happen to you. I'm sorry that they happen to you. I truly am. And my heart breaks for the, 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 the evil in this world and, and all these things that have gone on. But, but God, in, in all of His mercy and all of His rich grace and, and love, and, and as, as you've gone through those things, God is there for you to come to Him and to run to Him. And no, He didn't take that out of your life. And no, He didn't keep it from happening in your life. But he knew that you could get through this and he knew you needed to come to him and trust him and look to him and now allow him to use that in your life to make a difference in someone else's. Because there's something much better waiting. And so there's no need to fall in love with this wicked world. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 31, 24, Be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart, all ye that hope in the Lord. Be faithful and courageous in standing for God. And take action. All throughout the Gospels, we see that Jesus is telling them, go, go. He sends them out two by two. Go out and tell them that the Messiah is here. As he's dying and, and as, he's, as he's died and he rose again and as he's getting ready to ascend into heaven, the last thing that he tells his disciples is, Go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all the things whatsoever I have commanded thee. Tells us to go. Preach the gospel to every creature, he tells us, how we need to go. In Jude 22, and if some have compassion, making a difference. Make a difference. Make a difference in someone's life. Make a difference in someone's life for eternity, not just your family. Reach out to your coworkers. Reach out to your neighbors. Reach out to the ones that wait on you at a restaurant or at a grocery store or Walmart or wherever you go. Reach out to them. Make a difference. I challenge you. You know, it really, 
it's amazing to me. I, I can go in somewhere, and not always, but you can, I, I don't know, I don't, and I don't believe it's a gift, okay? I just believe it's showing that you care. You can start talking to someone, and, and, and my wife laughs at me about this, but I, I can come out and say, well, this guy's married, he's got four kids, you know, he, he uh, you know, had pneumonia last month, he's been in the hospital, you know, I can tell him all kinds of things that, that's gone on in that person's life. And you know what I find? When you genuinely care and, and you start talking to someone, you find out that, that people are carrying burdens all the time. And they're just seeking somewhere to relieve the burden. We have the answer. Jesus Christ is the answer. Let's make a difference. Let's make a difference. But it changes your mindset because it's no longer about us, but it's about others. It's always about others, helping others. You find as you help others, God strengthens you in your walk, and he helps you, and he, and he helps us to be exactly what it is that we need to be. He owns us. He owns us. And so let's take responsibility. Let's be who it is that God wants us to be. Let's pray. Father, I